Welcome to the cocoon, where the 99% transform into 100%. I'm your host, Michael Baker, and you're listening to the Open Door Podcast Series. Please welcome my guest, Nital Parikh. I am with one of my newly found <laughs> inspirations, uh, Nithal, Nithal Parekh, right? Par- How do you yes, say it? you got it. I did it. I did it. I met you, um, connected to you. Again, I'm going to say, you know, through our, through our mutual colleague and major connector, Tyler Bell. Um, what was it, about a year ago or two years ago now? Wow, I... I want to say a year, but it could have been it could have been year, actually longer. Yeah, I, right. I think I'm because I'm like, wait a minute. I remember talking to you in this condo in Seattle, and it was beautiful outside, and we had this wonderful conversation. It was warm, <laughs> um, and I think that was a while ago. But you know, we tried to connect um, at some point, and there's been so many different things going on. Uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a social entrepreneur. You can't nail us down. You can't completely put a timeline and everything. But uh, I am so happy that you're here talking to me today and excited. So I would like to introduce you to everyone. Um, tell us about what you're doing and, uh, you know, uh, what what space are you in right now? Sounds great. Well, thanks, Michael. It's uh, it's just a pleasure to talk to you and to, to join your show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so I am. Um, I've been in the social impact space um, for what is it, five or six years since launching Innovate Social in 2011. Um, and my focus, my background is in law, so I'm um, I'm licensed to practice in Washington, but I haven't had a traditional path in the legal space. But one thing that really kind of caught my eye was that even in law school, like taking uh, courses on corporate law and learning about. Um, fiduciary duties uh, owed to shareholders and thinking that there is this kind of um, duty to maximize or like this kind of obligation to maximize shareholder wealth. Mm. And that kind of doesn't always prioritize social good. So that kind of was a seed that was planted. I was like thinking that over. And then in 2011, when I started learning about the benefit corporation movement, California was looking to be the sixth state to have to be have passed the benefit corporation legislation. And the benefit corporation was um, a new kind of legal structure entity for a business that said, how do we maximize stakeholder like success? You know, like, you know, for the stakeholder and the stakeholder is not just like the, on the financial level, but also looking at um, environment, community, mm. and, you know, look, learning about things like the triple bottom line. And, you know, I was like, wow, this kind of answers that question that I had in law school of like, are there any, is there any, any innovation around the legal structure that kind of drives what a corporation does mm. and doesn't do and, and its duties? So that's kind of when I um, left the, the role I was at there at that time to kind of pursue where, you know, what I could do or create in the social impact space and start to innovate social, which started initially as a blog um, and then has grown to be a podcast and a you know, online, you know, um, education and um, some different aspects, but all with the all with the focus of how do we make this space of social entrepreneurship more accessible and um, and more actionable, really. And so that there is a I just wrote a book. It's been about exactly a year since the book has come out. So even um, and that's 51 questions on social entrepreneurship. So even that is serving that kind of purpose, because mm-hmm. it seems like there's so many um 
now there's so much innovation happening, but um, it, there's a lot of choices, both legal structure, business model, funding-wise. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that we can be um, paralyzed, like the paralysis of analysis can just make action seem further away, which is the exact opposite. We want it to be yes. actionable and so that more people get involved. So Okay, so you just gave me a bunch of things to, to grab from there. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, first, let's go back to one thing. Um, what is Innovate Social? And then I want to ask you uh, how you got there because, you know, I hear lawyer and all these things and people here in Benefit Corporation. Let's break it down. Um, so sure. first of all, uh, what is Innovate Social? Yeah, so Innovate Social is like an online, you know, kind of platform. Um, it's with tools and resources, um, stories all around um, making social entrepreneurship more accessible and actionable. Um, the byline is, you know, reach your impact potential. That's kind of the goal. That has gone through many iterations and it continues to be a dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, like what it is is continues to be dynamic. It started out, as I mentioned, just as a blog and then has grown to a few other media and content kind of channels. But, um, but you know, it's I'm still finding the voice of what it can be to be the most um, valuable to people to help them in their journeys but also change, you know, kind of move the, like, you know, kind of move the marker in the space as well. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of like, you know, it is in the media and content space, but I'm doing some more consulting and working on um, more uh, specific projects to help people with their stories and, um, and their kind of impact, um, uh, like how they tell their impact stories. So, Mm, okay. And so, yeah. So, okay. So, so, so you have Innovate Social, you have various things. Obviously, you have a podcast on there, which I was on. You did a wonderful yeah. job, wonderful yeah, podcast with me. Yeah. <laughs> I had so much fun with you, and we're going to do more. Um, and uh, you also wrote a book. And so tell us about this book. Yes. So the book was many, it was, it was a, a multi-year project to kind of uh, manifest <laughs> into reality, <laughs> as many things are. Indeed. <laughs> But um, but it was really great. I, I you know it was it's called Fifty One Questions on Social Entrepreneurship, and it's told as a story. So there are actually characters in the story. If anyone grew up reading Choose Your Own Adventure, I think I was kind of inspired by that way of storytelling. So there is a storyline, but the the three characters in the story are at this um, this. Um, impact hackathon impactathon that this event and through that they are launching they are kind of researching and launching a social enterprise so in the course of their story of actually meeting with an attorney to ask questions about legal structure mm. meeting with an investor to ask questions about impact investing you know meeting with um, seasoned social entrepreneurs we kind of learn with them about the process and the reason that it's um the one of the reasons that it's kind of um introduces 51 questions is that way people can read the book as however they want. So if they want to read it story, like, you know, from cover to cover, that's fine. If they only, if they are running their own social enterprise and want to jump in and just read certain questions as to what's ever pertinent and relevant to them at that moment, they can just jump in and read that Q and A for that particular time. So it was kind of built to be used and read in, in, in multiple ways and still have it be um, kind of relevant and valuable. So that was the, that was the intention or goal. You know? Yeah. Are, is, are these true stories or is these? Uh... 
They uh, so they aren't. They are they are kind of fictionalized versions, but all okay. of them have elements of people that I've actually interviewed or met. Okay, you know, yeah. That's what I thought. Some of that. So, yeah. Okay, fascinating. Actually, that's a wonderful way to to teach this concept. So let's. It, it sounds like you, of course, intertwined um, your your skill and talent um, uh, with your your being a lawyer. Yes. So that's, you know, I, what I think one of the most valuable things for me of having the legal background and then not having a conventional practice in the space is being able to tell and speak about the law in ways that, that can, that, you know, I can be in the legal world and, and be with lawyers and understanding it from that perspective, but mm. be able to relay that to people that are just trying to make sense so that they can make a decision but are not looking to go to law school or be in the field of law. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been really valuable. Uh, and that's been and maybe that's what's kind of um, uh, been the impetus of me, you know, getting involved in the space in, 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 a, in a creative, in like a creation kind of way, because I think, hey, like I can, I can fill that gap because people with new, with new legal structures, it's it's kind of daunting to think. Yeah. Should I be go to the structure that hasn't been tested, that hasn't that is not known, but you know, hopefully um, these kind of resources help without that can help people as they work with an attorney who may not know about the space, and then they can actually be that person that can guide you know their attorney about hey, do you know about this form and um, you know and and that it's out there and you know and mm. they can become informed in a more um, accessible kind of way. Okay, it's this is a, a big question, but we to talk about um, uh, uh, the legal precedence, not precedence, but uh, the actual uh, way in which people um, can uh, operate their company. All right, mm-hmm. um, and so you're talking about these various different um, uh, ways to do this. Now, what are there? Are there? I mean, people don't realize that there are ways to structure your company that have a benefit connected to it. And and I want to say this, a lot of people go, what do you mean the social entrepreneurship? Oh, doing something for good. They, they think that it means that they're not going to make money or it's all about a nonprofit or it's, you know, it's uh, or whatever, but that's not the case. And so um, I, can you speak upon some of the, the, first of all, what even got you to, as a lawyer, to think about creating, you know, thinking about, oh, new structures, because that's just not normal. A lot of people are legal doing things, but they're not necessarily going, well, they kind of are now, going into this new area. Um, I would like to know more about these structures, but then also, how did you get to that? How did you even come to start thinking in this way? Mm -hmm. That's great. No, that's a great question. Um, So, yeah, I love what you said about what is social entrepreneurship? Is it just kind of like, hey, doing good, like a lot of companies do good, and, you know, that's been happening for millennia. That's not anything new. And, yeah, that, I, I agree with that, except I think that there's, there's this new paradigm of business that says, how do we use business models and business as a force for good and, and as, as a way to actually articulate and, um, and kind of, you know, um, measure and grow and scale social impact as well. So that's where I think the, the distinction between just doing, you know, a company that's just trying to do good and, you know, a lot of companies out there doing good versus a social enterprise. And I would even say at the founding level or at the leadership level is impact kind of one of the main goals of the founders or of the framing of why that company exists. And that's when you start thinking, okay, this could be a social enterprise. 
And then the next part of that is, okay, well, do you need a a separate legal structure? And now many people may not need that. They may be able to do that, especially if they're a sole proprietorship, like an individual that's running their own company, or maybe even an LLC. They have um, partner members and that, you know, they they can kind of agree to, um, to, you know, to, to do good. But as you start getting into more more involved structures like being a a C corporation, you know, being an S corporation, you know, having outside funding, having shareholders, then you start saying, now you cannot just maybe just do things on a whim. You have some duties that you have to actually, Mm -hmm. um, that you are kind of obligated to, to, you know, um, to fulfill. And when when you have shareholders, for example, and you have other people's money, basically, (laughs) there's a kind of, um, and, you know, uh, there's a legal precedence around a duty that you that, that you have to try to maximize their wealth. Now, if that is not necessarily um, where you also want to maximize impact, where one if you said the reason that I started this company was also to create impact. So mm-hmm. if we're not creating social impact, but we are creating wealth, that doesn't satisfy my vision for the company I wanted to create. You might say, but how how do I actually um, give a voice to that that has some legal that has some teeth that that actually can stand up in court or that I won't have to worry about about being sued by my shareholders for making some decisions? That's when you can start saying, okay, maybe a benefit corporation is one of the structures. There's also a social purpose corporation that some states have passed. And to just give you a bit of an idea, in 2011 when I started kind of becoming. Um, you know, kind of aware of of all of this. California, as I mentioned, was a sixth state. Well, it did pass in California. California also passed a version of the Social Purpose Corporation as well, so it became the first state to pass two. But fast forward to 20, almost 17, and 33 states or jurisdictions have mm. some form of benefit corporation. So over half of the country, and if you have ever seen what it takes to to pass a law at a state level, there are many, many yeah. steps and many committees. So that's not, that's also just the fact that, and often law, I always say, is often the last thing to change. In many situations, we have, like, even in, like, you know, in, in progressive issues or, or, or whatnot, we often have the change happening, and then the law that reflects it happens much later. So I think as I started getting in and, and following the Benefit Corporation, I said, no, there's something else happening. There's like a shift in consciousness mm-hmm. happening not just at the legal structure level, but also at what it takes for companies to attract great talent. Like, you know, now a lot of people don't want to work at places where they have to, you know, check their morals and their own, um, their own, you know, intentions or what they want to do in the world at the door when they go to work. They want to bring that to work with them and kind of be their whole right. self at work. And so companies now have to think how... Like so, so that's great because it's it's adding this layer. It's a push and pull for companies. Mm. Not only if they haven't themselves thought about a legal structure now, if they want to have the best employees and the brightest talent, that's something now that they want to think. Even if they don't change their legal structure, but that they are thinking about social impact and that there are ways. So, um, so just a quick aside. The the I've been talking a lot about the legal structure, and that's the benefit corporation. Um, that entity also has a certification that you don't need to do the legal structure, but it's a certification called a B Corp certification. Right. I was just going to ask. Yeah. Yes. And then that can be confusing because some companies can opt actually to be both to have the legal structure and 
and um, and the certification, but some can most do one or the other. But it's um, but it can be all confusing because they all sound similar. B Corp and benefit. Yes, can I? I would like to ask a question, and I don't want to lose your train of thought. But um, okay, so a bit what there's a benefit corporation, and then there's this yes, the B Corp, you know, cert, you know, certification. I think that is very confusing because a lot of people think that that's what it is. But when you say a benefit corporation, and the 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 laws have been passed, like in California now, thirty three so states, um, what does that mean? Is there is it called a benefit corporation structure? What does that mean? Yeah, it's called a benefit corporation, and it can be multiple forms of corporation. So you can be a C corporation and be a benefit corporation. Mm. And basically, you have to fill out a pretty intensive um, assessment online, and it can be audited after, um, you know, like after, you know, your first year or whatnot. So you are you have to answer all these questions about Everything from, you know, um, what benefits you have for employees to what wages you pay employees mm. to, you know, what impact you might be having on the environment. And so it's a very in- intensive kind of and um, uh, comprehensive assessment. And so that's what will determine whether, you know, like your status, you know, you know uh, your role as the benefit corporation. And that assessment is actually part of the, um, the B Corporation um, certification as well. I so see. Each state has its own version of benefit corporation. So no two states are exactly the same unless they pass the same, you know, the the same um, verbiage for that. So like in California, you actually have to have a third party assessment of you know of of your benefit corporation, and you have to do a public reporting every year. In Delaware, which is a big state for um, foreign corporation, you have to you have to um, do a reporting internally every two years, and it, I don't know if you have to do a formal like um, survey assessment, such as the benefit corporation, um, you know, the mm-hmm. public assessment. So every state has its own version. Now you might wonder why would you want to go through all this hassle? Mm-hmm. I mean, not hassle, but all of these steps to to become a benefit corporation. And a lot of it is if if you're looking for the legal protection. So let's say you are fundraising and you want to make sure that even if you um, you know raise funds and you have you know, you have an IPO or some kind of exit that your um, your company's desire to have impact be prioritized and the community and the environment is not ever, um, you know, at, you know, is not ever questioned or ever come into consideration or is not ever ignored, you know, so... Um, this can be true in an acquisition too. A lot mm-hmm. oftentimes, when a company is acquired, they are kind of obligated to go to the highest bidder. Um, but if you have a benefit corporation kind of legal structure in place, you have some legal teeth to say, "Hey, like we want, we have to go with the acquirer that's going to also champion yes. our, um, you know, our goals and our our ideals and our, you know, our impact um, intentions." You know, so and so I think that can be it can become more relevant, especially if you think you're going to grow and scale in that way where there mm. might be an exit. That might be um, where, where the certification alone may be great, but you may want something also like a legal structure just to, to protect. Those. Yes. You know, I did. I had no idea about when you're saying this. I really, because 
you know, I've been in my own world creating the things that I'm creating and seeing the things how I see it. But I did not realize that uh, it was that widespread as far as benefit corporation. I did also keep lumping that in with the, the certification, but I did not realize that it was that uh, um, structured and that's wonderful because we we need that happening all over and so very encouraging to hear and um i have another question about that so uh, you know i call things i see things in terms of social enterprise and social business and i got these things from muhammad yunus because that was the first time that i have even heard of like hey i want to create this type of uh, you know structures and i want to see other people do it and i want to support people in this way and that's the vision that i had and i didn't know what to call it i had no idea you know these structures and of course, that's when I saw Muhammad Yunus. And then, so I've developed things based upon that verbiage and, you know, what other people are saying, because this is fairly new. When I say new, I mean, this is just happening. I don't know how long the, you know, benefit corporations have been starting up, but I most certainly didn't hear of them when I was starting up in 2007, 2008. Um, and so what is the difference between a social enterprise or a social business, in your estimation, a social enterprise, social business, or a benefit corporation? Or are they mm-hmm. kind of all lumped in the same for you? How would that's you describe great. it? Uh, that's a great, that's a really great question. And that's one of the things um, that I talk about even in the book, because a lot of these terms are thrown out. Yeah. I mean, are, are used kind of in, in somewhat synonymously. So I kind of think of like social innovation and that um, as kind of as the umbrella term. And under that, a lot of these fit in. Social enterprise in the U.S. is used kind of generally. There's not like a legal definition. So people may even without a legal structure, without a um, without a certification, might just call themselves a social enterprise because they're mission-driven. Um, you know, but it can also lead to you have to do a little bit more research and say, you know, what, what makes that a social enterprise because people are just self, you know, kind of self-identifying. In some countries like um, like South Korea, social enterprise actually has a legal definition. Mm. So it's like saying you're a C corporation. You can't just throw it around. You wouldn't just throw it around. You would, you have to have uh, actually register with the government and, um, and it's actually like a legal kind of, uh, has a legal connotation. Mm -hmm. Social business, as you mentioned correctly, like um, Muhammad Yunus has really championed that. And he has a very specific definition of social business. So he says that um, he has a type one and a type two, but really that the business doesn't take profit and it's just um, for the like it, it it turns the profit back into the um, the the you know to the business to grow and that it's not um, operating for a, a for profit basis or if it is making a profit and it's profiting the um, it's you know it's it's uh, it's 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 to a profit to the employees that the employees come from like. They are from the um, from a that are poor or from you know mm-hmm. the bottom of the pyramid kind of um, uh, part of their of their economy. So yes. he has a very specific. So that is a more specific version. He's written a book on this. Yes, as well. social business. Um, a more specific. Yes, so, so social business. It's a more specific use. He uses Dannon um, yogurt mm-hmm. as an example, and he has many. But that's a that's a more that's almost like a subsect of social enterprise. I would say mm-hmm. because it's it's a specific type of social enterprise that he's defined, and I think it's actually great because in a space where there are a lot of um, that that is becoming more general in some ways that he's kind of drawn a line and said, no, well, I'm going to take the first, I'm, I'm going to take a, a stab at making this really specific, you know, and some things, 
that maybe social enterprise may not fit in as social business, but maybe that's okay. He's okay with that because he's he's also like, um, you know, uh, the father of microfinance, yeah. he's also a businessman himself. So the fact that he's taking his years of experience and expertise to really delineate and define that, I think is, is very valuable to the space. But I think that there's, you know, in a place like, like uh like Silicon Valley where people are thinking about startups and growing and you know IPOs and acquisition I'm glad that there's also a space for those kinds of businesses that will scale differently than a social business to actually you know um take flight and you know have a space and a foothold as well you know Absolutely and so that lays a, uh, to a, I guess, a statement that I have here, and I've, I've thought about this over the years because, to me, it's all I'm all about helping people uh, connect to to transform. We're transforming, all right. The 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 earth, the world, however you want to see it, and if you want to think of it cosmically or or you know just you know science, whatever that may be, the world has changed. It is transforming into something completely different than what we have seen before. It just is. Uh, it is undeniable, and in order to 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 facilitate that, uh, we have to educate people. We have to be aware uh, so that we can be conscious. And we, some of the things you're talking about is what people need. They're like, well, what do you mean? Because people want to say, wait a minute, I don't just want to buy things from a company that is has a sweatshop over here, or they all they care about is maximizing profits, not. Not just taking care of the people, but how much money they can make, um, and at the expense of the environment, uh, the social the, the things that are going on. I want to support people who are doing things that support me, that are good all around. And how do I do that? And that's the part that I see myself and, and us playing is like this is how you can do that. Here are some structures. Here, here are the people doing that. Um, but again, these entrepreneurs, you guys coming up and creating new things. And people wanting to get in this space and say, hey, I want to do something good for the world, but I want to make a living and I want to make a good living. I want to make a good living for my people. There are tons of different ways to do this, but to simplify it, I have simplified it in my way. Social enterprise can be anyone doing anything, making a profit with a social impact mission and purpose, all right? That you're doing something to benefit your community, to benefit others, you're taking care of the environment, um, you're, you're seeking to, uh, to, to have a holistic view of it, all right? And that could be that you have shareholders, that could be that you, um, uh, you know, have most of it goes to your employees, but some of it goes to other. It doesn't matter. Uh, then you have social business where it's saying, and I, I love that with Muhammad Yunus, to say, you know what? This structure is not going to go to any investors. If you invest in it, it's going. It could you could your investment could be that you get the research out of it. It could be like Dannon, you know, the yogurt. I mean, they didn't just give the money and go, okay, do whatever. They got something from that. Yes, it was doing good, but they get information. They get uh uh, uh you know ways to uh you know, uh, up their technology and go, oh, test their technology. So there are ways that you can do things that have a different benefit for yourself and for others than just the finance uh, uh, part of it. And so I like his term social business. And to me that says, okay, you don't want to take a profit out at all. It doesn't, it, it, meaning if it goes to someone, it goes back into the, the company. It goes back into to the people. It goes back into building things for a community. If it's a social enterprise, 
it could be for profit, but it has it has a mission now. You have a focus. I'm going to take care of the environment. I'm going to be conscious of what we're doing and how do we do that and how I'm operating and how I'm affecting the planet. To me, that's the simplest way that I could divide those two. And I think there's you know so many ways to look at that. But you know, I didn't know that there's you know it's it's a legal. Uh, it's legally binding in all countries or states or cities. Um, but I would like to see that be more simplified so people can access it. And how do you, what are your thoughts about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good. That's a great, like, it's great to see you connecting the dots and very, like, you know, and just articulating that because I think a lot, you know, we're, that's my kind of big thing, even in speaking to so many social entrepreneurs, that there's so much involved in being an entrepreneur and then you add a layer of trying to create impact and then you add oh now there's a special legal structure it's, it's, it can be overwhelming there's yeah. that's a lot of like that's a lot of things to think about so, <laughs> um, so I think that when it's great to hear people as they kind of make the connections and connect the dots and um, yeah so exactly I think right now it's by state the other big thing about the benefit corporation that I always like to tell people is that while it is exciting and there will be there are hundreds of, co- of companies that have like stepped up and said yes we want to be that it is also a bit untested so it hasn't been tested in the courts a lot of mm. in law what we look at is legal precedents that's why so many corporations incorporate in Delaware because they have a lot of well-defined legal precedents around how you know how um, how different uh, laws and rules will affect you know corporations and what the duties of shareholders are and advisor uh, you know and all, all uh, um, their directors and things like that and so with benefit corporation it's a little untested that hasn't been tested in courts yet um, so that makes it both interesting I think and exciting because you always need someone to be the the, the first to to try something <laughs> but it also pick. adds that element where. I also not, it, you know, every um, founder and company has to assess for themselves whether it is the right thing for them at that time. You know, and that's why right. it's always great to talk to founders about about the legal structure. It's much easier when you're uh, two or three people than when you're 10,000 people yeah. you know, to think about a structure. And then you touched on the international aspect, and you're completely right. Every country also is doing, um, is kind of um, what I, is, I, I like to say that, Social entrepreneurship is kind of evolving in each country differently. So in the book, we go through some regions, but it's interesting. I think a lot of it is um, influenced by what social issues are prevalent in that area. So you look at some countries like China and Japan, and they have um, an aging population where um, the I have it in the book, I think in in the next 20 or 30 years um, in Japan, one out of five people will be over 60 or something. Mm. That's a huge kind of, that's a big deal. Like where that's going to, that kind of influences the kind of social enterprises yes. or the kinds of impact that people want to make. You go to other parts of the country, like some countries in the, in the Middle East, they have what they call a youth bulge where there's like the largest popular part of the population is, below, you know, like below 20 or something. So that creates different kinds of issues and different kinds of things. So not like, I think what's really fascinating about social entrepreneurship is that it's evolving differently in different places based on what variables are there. Yes. But there's also some really interesting things like in India, social entrepreneurship has, it's, I always call it like the lab of social innovation because so many interesting things are happening there, partially because the need is so um, relevant and it's happening there and people can try different things. But there, there is no 
special legal structures. So, you know, in a place where social entrepreneurship has been um, kind of incubating and manifesting in all different forms, there's no, people are kind of hodgepodging a legal structure to make it all work. And then in the U.S. where (laughs) still, I would say in the adolescent phase, there is, you know, there are legal structures. So it's all very very (laughs) fascinating to see how that's happening internationally. It, It really is. And that's interesting. You said that, you know, and if we could all come together uh, and 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 share this information and do this in a in a uh, in a way that um, benefits you know this country that country go wait a minute we let's how do we work all this together how do we how do we uh, improve on previous ways of innovation and I'm all about that it's like why take all this time and years to do what's already been done or it's working in other places just utilize it. Um, so that's a whole nother conversation. So let's do this. Um, you also, there, we have so much to talk about, but this segment's almost over. But, but I, I would like to talk about, um, you, you, you've, you've written this book that uh, I think is just fascinating and is really a tool for anyone seeking to get into the impact space or social entrepreneur space or just anywhere is that entrepreneur that this to, 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 to utilize this. Um, you have a lot of information and people, this is where people get caught up. It's like, when you want to start something like this, you want to start with the right seed. Jesse and I, Jesse Chin, and I just had a conversation about this. Um, and that's what I hear you saying. And so um, you have tools to support people on that. And with that said, though, um, being an entrepreneur, especially a social entrepreneur, the thing is why people go, well, you know, I, I always tell this story. You know, people are like, well, what are you doing? What's happening? How come, you know, you're not working you know that used to have money doing this as a social entrepreneur it's in america i can't speak for other countries because i'm not from there um you know the funding it's when you're doing new things when you're going against the the it seems not going against but it's a different pathway that you you're 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 moving in um it's not necessarily (laughs) the easiest path because you're pioneering to an extent uh um and so with that, you know, people go, oh, I'm, I'm, I've been working on this for so long, but, you know, I don't know how to have a job and I, I, I do this and I'm in startup phase. But so then what happens, what I see happen a lot is that people just end up just stopping. They stop and they go work at that job that they cannot stand, that they can't stand and they give up everything or they just sell out. And they, you know, when I say sell out, I don't mean it that it's a, a bad thing. They just go. Well, I'm just going to go back to the way that business was doing it and get my company acquired and um, just kind of forget all about this just because I'm exhausted. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. There's no funding there. Um, but so that's kind of been the odd thing. You've been doing Innovate Social for a while. You've been creating these things and you, you got into this space. Uh, how many years ago did you start actually start doing? Uh, so I started in 2011. Okay, 2011. Yeah. And um you know, it's a challenge, you know, trying to, to juggle that. Um, you are doing right now, so you're working in Innovate Social, but you also are, uh, you said you were, you just started doing another project. And so uh, tell mm-hmm. us about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we um, we had this conversation a little bit before the interview started, and um, I mentioned, um, and I heard this from someone else too, but once you know your why, like the how can change, and I think I've written about this too, but like, so... For me, a lot of the why is like uh, um, is around what I do with Innovate Social. It's the it's kind of the why I the why is like you know um, I want to create this world where people can um, engage in 
and meaningful work and, you know, and, and have that be their livelihood and make it easier for people to build communities. And so the how has shifted. So even though I started Innovate Social six years ago, I've had, you know, consulting roles, full-time roles at different points. I've been part of a few startups. And, um, and so, but I, I know that I can't be rigid on both the why and how because then mm. I'll be in a I'll, I'll be in a like I'll stand still I won't be able to move it you so I think um by keeping the how a variable things can flow and move um, and so in the past six months it actually came very organically from the from Innovate Social and the entrepreneurs I met along the way and the, my newsletter that this full time opportunity someone just approached me and said um, hey you know you you're doing all this work with Innovate Social and and then building community and we're, we're launching a video conferencing platform and can you, you know, would you be interested in joining to build audience and community and content here? So that's what I've been doing for the past six months. And it's, um, um, it's a platform called Live H2H and it's a free video conferencing platform mm. for webinars and meetings. And so what's been really great is, um, is kind of wearing the hat as an entrepreneur or just saying, how can I um, kind of use this social impact network that, when we've been building yeah. to, you know, to kind of to to have a voice on this space. So some of the um, speakers that have done webinars, um, what we call live shares there, have been from the social impact communities um, through, you know, I've just posted on Facebook groups that I'm part of or, you know, um, or ones that I started for um, with Innovate Social, the Impact Tribe and that, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and so we've had speakers that have are kind of hailing from the social impact space that have led, you know, webinars or that are, you know, mm. having a space in this. But what's great is um, it's just kind of, it's also the chance to learn. It's a kind of more of a tech company. It's, um, it has a parent company. So it's, it's almost, you know, I was looking at fellowships where I could kind of learn more and gain more business um, acumen in the space and learn how things work at that level. And so this kind of came in a different form. I was looking at fellowship programs, but this came as a, yeah. you know, as a, as a work opportunity. So I think, you know, it's, it was at the time to say, okay, is you, by saying yes, will this kind of enable me to continue the work with Innovate Social and, um, you know, maybe actually delegate some of that work so that, you know, and, and so I can continue thinking big about what it can be. So I think it's it's a great thing for for now. It's, it's, it's a great learning opportunity and it's a way to connect dots in unique ways. And mm. so, um, yeah, so I think that, you know, uh, it's just, but it's it's a balancing. So it's almost like every moment you feel like you could be doing more in, in every part of your <laughs> life, and also trying to get sleep and be healthy. Yeah, I think um, you know. So I think it's just it's just it's just the balance. But I think in some ways this is like the divine balance that we're all always balancing, no matter what we're doing. You yes, know, just kind of. Um, <laughs> so, yes, it good. is, and that is that is perfect. How you said that, you know the the. the you know the how or the and the why and and we get so caught up as an innovator or entrepreneur in any realm you know um getting so focused i have some friends that i know and, and entrepreneurs you know one individual he was working on a project and he feels like he has failed because you know he raised some money um and it just didn't happen like it you know he wanted to do in the timing in what I've seen in, in myself and in others, you know, you get so focused on how that you don't see any that it's got to be this way. And when you focus on just one way of how it can happen, you're not going to see 
all the possibilities that are literally there, waving their hands, saying, come on, you know, try this way, because you're so focused on, no, it can't, it can't happen that way, because if that's this. And so I, I say to all of us, you know, keep your, keep your vision open. Keep your uh, uh, eyes open to many different ways of how things can happen. Do, it is beneficial to you to release the idea that it has to happen only one way or just a few ways. It can happen any way. I mean, any way. What we focus on is what you said is the why. I'm doing this. This is this. You asked a question. Wait, does, will this benefit me in this way? Huh? Could this get it to me? Yeah. I, 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 I use this silly example, but I, I guess it works. Um, a friend of mine, he really, really, really wants a Ferrari. And, <laughs> you know, I'm like, really? Do you really want a Ferrari? And I always go to this question, you know, what is it about the Ferrari that you like? What is it you like? Oh, I like moving fast and it makes me feel free. And I feel, um, you know, just, you know, just fun. What other things make you feel free, fun, exciting. That's when you start opening the door. How else could this be possible? Yeah, maybe you don't have investors investing in you yet, okay, in that way. Could people give to you in other ways? Can they give of their time, their skills? They Can you volunteer for things and learn things that will help you uh, uh, with some of the things that you need? Can you work a different type of job that is also, like you just said, that is in the same framework, that's still in the same stream, so you're still working in the same stream. You have people that are connected to you. You can then u- utilize um, uh, these people and do interviews with other people. You have more material. Uh, you have technology at there. Other people can come in. And I'm interested in that technology, actually. I'm like, uh, we're, we're going to talk after this. Um, you know, you can connect people in different ways that all benefit what you're doing. So um, I think it's so key uh, to to not get so uh, focused on how it has to be and, and stranglehold it that it has to be a certain way because then you don't move. You, you, you get frozen and you get stuck and that's when you start feeling like frustrated and you feel like you failed. And it's there's no failure. It's just, okay, it's time to take a different direction. If you have a vision, stay with your vision. That'll never change. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. People are like, what's happening? I'm like, well, it's happening. Not in the any way that I thought it would happen. I mean, literally in no way, shape, or form is my life happening the way that I thought it should be. And and the more that I let go and surrender to that idea, the more things happen and the more fun life is. Um, so anyway, that's my spiel about that. And I I think, you know, you sharing uh, uh, what you said about the the how is, is so key. And so you still there? Yes, I love that. I love that. I totally, I completely resonate with that. And I think when you kind of think about all, like, you know, we say that, that there's so much energy in the universe and that we, so we cannot, like, control, we, we, we can't say we want this intention, we have this thing that we want to manifest, and we, we, we want to also dictate how. Like, we're only one part of the universe, so much bigger, so we have to, I think, be open to saying, once we know we are heading in this direction or we want to, um, kind of see this thing happen, we have to be open to that happening in different and unexpected ways. You know? Yes. I love that. Yes. Okay, so you are, where can, we're going to, of course, do many more of these. I'm, I'm so excited to have been connected with you. I, I love what you're doing. I love your energy. Um, you are just 
one of the people who I say, yes, these are one of the leaders in this space. Um, and I have so much to learn from you, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, going on tour. We definitely want, we're coming to San Francisco, and we're going to talk about that on a continued basis. I know. And you are, so you are in San Francisco, yes? Yes, I'm just south of San Francisco, but okay. in the Bay Area, definitely in Silicon Valley. For okay, Bay Area. And you also do, I want people to hear about, you, you've done an event called Impact, uh, what was it called? Impactathon. Yeah, what is that? Tell us about that yes. briefly. Yes, so it's funny, it's funny life um, imitating art or art imitating life. Impactathon was mentioned in, in the book, and in my book, and it was the event that these um, that these characters, fictional characters, all met at. But <laughs> On Intel, I've always been wanting to do an event that would bring together, you know, I've interviewed over 100 people for the podcast, over 130 people, I think, for the podcast. So bring together some people that have been listeners, that have been speakers, for something like a dynamic, actionable event, but something that, that, that kind of that helps move move things forward. And so when I was coming up with the name for this, Impactathon was there, and I was like, you know, it would just make more sense <laughs> just to have it all connected. So it, we had our first Impactathon in May, and it was um, it was really cool. It was a one-day event. It was on a Saturday at this amazing space called the Tech Shop, which is like a um, like uh, a 3D, it has all these like 3D printers and all these different machines. And the way you would use a gym membership, you can go and use a membership there to actually use those machines and build things and create things mm. out of, you know, everything from textiles to, you know, kind of more manufacturing kinds of things using 3D printers, using well, steel cutters, all of these really kind fab of lab. complex. It's a fab lab. Machines. It's an amazing space. So we spent the morning hearing from speakers in like TED Talk kind of um, style talks and hearing really unique perspectives. Some of my mentors and people that I've interviewed in the space, speak, you know, speaking on social enterprises that haven't worked for some reason or another, ones that have found a way forward, hearing about the legal structure side of things, hearing about the architecture of the space um, at a systemic level. And then we got a tour of the space and had lunch and kind of had a chance to, you know, people had a chance to interact and talk to each other. And the tour was really um, inspiring because when we think about hackathons, we often think about apps and tech only. So to actually be in a space where mm. you can build things, it makes you think about hacking or hackathons in a different way. Mm. And then in the afternoon was the hackathon portion. So um, uh, the participants formed teams around what what was the next decision point in their social enterprise journey? So many of them were social entrepreneurs with actual business models that were, you know, active. Some were, you know, kind of at the idea level, but they got to pitch wherever they were at. And then they naturally formed kind of groups based on what they were interested in working on. And then for the next few hours they worked and then, um, they kind of pitched where they were at, did a pitch to the um, to some judges um, at the end. And so it was great because, you know, one of the participants said that for her social enterprise, what would have taken six months, they, her group, her team was able to kind of do in three hours. Yes. <laughs> there is something magical that can happen when you have a room full of aligned people that are working on, you know, that are kind of working together on things. So I think, um, yeah, so that was, it was cool. It was like, honestly, like it was a dream come true just to see that happen after so many years to kind of see this event. So, you know, the idea is to do another one of those or do more of them in the future. Um, but because there was definitely, there's an energy that happens when you write content and people engage with it or they listen to it mm. or they read it. But there's also this amazing energy of when people are in a room together, actually, you know, um, 
you know, actually interacting with each other and kind of forming community and um, and kind of taking action. So that uh, absolutely, really cool. you just you just nailed it. That is, yep, we can be out of here. <laughs> that is it. Um, it's coming together. It, you know, we do a lot of things online, and everybody thinks, you know, I'm going to make the next big app and whatever. Well, you know, this is all fine, but the technology is just is just to assist us. It's not that isn't changing. It's people. Okay, that do things. And when people come together for real in person and download and connect with each other, the things that we can do, the things that we're doing, you can you can innovate so much. Like you said, something that could take six months, three hours, really three hours. So that is that is the goal. That is the vision here is is that we all start collaborating and connect our systems and our tools and our energies and our creativities together so that we can innovate quickly to have the the highest form of impact um, in ourselves with each other, with our communities, with our cities, our regions, our nations and the world together. We can do this. And um, I am just so excited, excited for this and working with you. And I would love to uh, collaborate on these uh, impact-a-thons and everything. And so we're going to continue these. And um, we'll, we'll talk about this tour again. We're starting with all of us together. Um, so so you could, just thank you so much for being here. And uh, we're going to do more. And we will talk to you very soon. Okay. Um, Thank you, hey, Michael. Before, I love talking to you. I love. Your I do too. Stuff. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So wait a minute. For before we leave, how do people get in touch with you? How do they see your stuff? Uh, yep. Name it out. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, um, so they you can go to innovatesocial.com. That's I N N O V eight as in the number social.com. The book is available at fifty one questions.com. Um, the podcast is at theimpactpodcast.com and Impactathon, if you want to find out, but the next one is at impactathon.co. And those all connect to Innovate Social, but there's just whatever is easier to remember. <laughs> and then we're on social media, all at Innovate Social on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and, um, and, every, and everything else. So. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Is there anything coming up here in the next few months, you know, uh, in the springtime? Uh, do you have any events that, that are happening? Yes. Well, okay. Well, this is great. Uh, I'm, you're the first person that I'm actually announcing this. Yay! Posted, um, <laughs> posted, um, posted this to our to our network. But um, uh, I will be speaking at South by Southwest. So speaking about social entrepreneurship ah. and five things founders should know about social, uh, you know, so about the space. So that's really exciting. And then I'm really excited and hopeful to do a, an impact-a-thon in the spring. And hopefully, Michael would love to have you speak on uh, speak there as well. <laughs> All right. Um, but it, it, it would I'm be there. really wonderful to do one of those um, in the spring as well. Fantastic. I'm, I'm there anytime. So let's Good. do it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Neethal. Uh You have been wonderful, and we will be talking soon. And uh, I just wish you a wonderful. We are getting into a new year after tonight. Yes. So let's make it uh, uh, a wonderful thing. I, I know that people are, you know, a lot of people feel troubled, and, you know, there's a lot of things because of, you know, our elections here in America. But it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, you guys. It's time to take action uh, with you know, respect and love. And there's people here to support you in that, like Neethal and, and others. Uh, and so we, we ask you to uh, come along with us, come learn, come support how you can and share with us in this because we're here to support you. That's the whole purpose of, of these podcasts and on all of our events and our, our businesses is 
to, to help people, to support you, to empower you to be the highest state of being that you can be. And so um, we thank you all for listening and thank you, Lethal, uh, and I'll be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Michael. Have a great 2017. All right, you too. You've been listening to the Open Door podcast series. The Open Door is part of the Cocoon, the creative action centers of online open source networks. Tune in weekly, where we share ideas on consciousness, health, and creativity. Together, we are taking action where the 99% transform into 100%.